0: Hey, people, I've got a question for you. Do you like live music, holiday festivals, outdoor movies, discounts, celebrating International Record Store Day? Look, it's so easy to stream things. I mean, after all, that's how you're listening to my voice right now. So I feel it is my responsibility in this digital age to do my part and speak up, to be an ally, if you will to help represent a local independent store here in Nashville called The Groove. Getting your hands on a physical piece of music is something magical. I don't care if it's vinyl, cassette, or hell, even a CD. My buddy Jared in Chattanooga loves CDs as much as I do, maybe even more. But why is it so important to get your hands on the physical thing? Why is it important to support small businesses? It's because it connects you To the artist. It helps connect you to the world around you. Small businesses like independent record stores connect you in a more intimate way to the person providing you a means of entertainment. Let's not lose that connection. Let's not lose our connection to the world around us and the art that people make. Let's support our small businesses and come around them in a time of need. Like right now, the groove in East Nashville is possibly going to lose their location. But you can help. You can be a part of the fight to keep their spot and to keep their business open so we can continue to have live music, holiday festivals, outdoor movies, discount days, celebrating International Record Store Day, vinyl art, and so many more wonderful things that you can only get at The Groove. So please go to thegroove.com or to GoFundMe and search The Groove Nashville and donate. Like I said last week, all orders over $50, you get free shipping from The Groove at thegroovenashville.com. Please go check it out and let them know that Clark from Clockwork Sound sent you. All right, you guys ready to do this show? Let's do it. What is up, podcast nerds? Welcome to the show. My name is Clark Wayne. This is my podcast, and this is episode 12. How we doing? Is this your first time checking it out? If so, welcome aboard. Uh, Today, my guest is Nelson Laughlin, who is a buddy of mine in Texas. He's a drummer, but believe it or not, we get into things other than just drumming in this episode, (laughs) We talk about how we are taking care of ourselves physically and mentally, and we'll get into some of that here in a few. How are you doing? Let me tell you something about myself. I'm feeling very grateful right now. I returned back to work over the last week. For those of you who know me, you know that back in September, I was in a very serious car accident and I've not spoken much on it. I did make a post on Instagram when it happened, and I've kind of kept silent since, just because it's, it's kind of a serious thing, you know? Like, it, it, it messes with you, and uh, it takes some time to get back to normal. So this weekend, I was able to complete a full workout routine. For the first time since the accident, I'm feeling some pain. My legs, you know, not not pain, pain. Like I'm not hurt, but I'm feeling sore, and it feels good to feel sore in that kind of way. Like every time I get up and walk, it's like I gotta like even right now, massaging my legs (laughs) as I'm talking. (laughs) But it feels good. It makes me grateful that I'm in a place where I can kind of return to a pre-accident status. Like I'm getting back to similar routines that I was doing or, or thinking about doing before the car accident. I just want to say thank you to my neighbors Mark and Katie who are really into working out and I believe Katie is the official trainer of the two. We got into some some fun stuff yesterday, some pull-ups, push-ups, squats, you know, just some other things, but those those were the main things that, you know, we did a Cindy if anyone knows what a Cindy is, we did a Cindy where um, we did four rounds of a Cindy, <laughs> four rounds that were catered to me working out, trying to get back in shape. <laughs> so yeah, just just grateful to be standing, sitting, talking, talking to you, be doing this. You never know what's going on in someone's head. You know, I, I've taken it on myself recently to reach out to a few friends. It's easy for those of us who hide behind big personalities to get away with not feeling great. I know what that's like. You know, it can it can go a minute sometimes before someone checks in with me, maybe because of the podcast, maybe because of my social media, how I project myself. It, you know, I'm not mad about it. I, I get it. But there is a responsibility even to check in with those of us who we just might assume, yeah, they're fine. They They, you know, they put their thing out into the world, blah, blah, blah. Just I'm just gonna say, don't hesitate to reach out to a friend. If they're on your mind, just reach out. Simple, hey, how you doing? Hey, what's up? Hey, what are you into now? Let's hang. Something simple. Doesn't have to be deep. Those little things go a long way. I appreciate it. A handful of people who have checked in on me over the last few weeks, either through text message or through DM, um, co workers who have respectfully reached out to me, giving me space and not talking about work, but like just checking in on me. Like that meant a lot. And um, it goes a long way. It really does. Because w- when you're faced with something traumatic, your mind can go any number of places and can get stuck feel like you're you're just stuck in this hamster wheel of life a groove that you can't get out of and that's not good and it's it it is nice to have reminders that this too shall pass and This doesn't define you, this moment. So I want to communicate to you, if you're listening, whatever's swirling around in your head, it doesn't define you. Whatever thing you went through or maybe even caused or are responsible for a few years ago, a few days ago, a few hours ago, that doesn't define you. You have room To grow. As long as you are breathing and there's breath in your lungs, there's always hope and you always have room in this life to grow. Don't let that random person who will come alongside you and try to hold you accountable or hold something over your head. Don't let those moments define you. You define you and define yourself one moment at a time. One moment at a time. Sometimes it's real easy to to try to bite off more than we could chew or to try to understand the weight of the world. Not only carry it, but try to understand it. If that's you, as it is me sometimes, I need to relieve myself of that. And you can too, just for a moment. In fact, here's what I'm going to do. I always talk about this on the podcast, and it's so important to do this for yourself, is just to get a glass of water. I know this is maybe cheesy, whatever, but let's let's just prove the point, right? I'm going to stop talking because my mouth is getting dry just doing this. And I'm going to drink some water. Got my glass. that didn't take very long i needed that you need that you need that for yourself not for anyone else but for you we all do sometimes it there there's a there's a a cold harsh reality that there may be times in our lives w- where we don't have that support group that we wish we would have had in the past or now. And it's up to you to hang in there, to take the step, to go get a glass of water and take care of yourself. I want you to know that I believe you can do it, that you're loved. And if you don't feel accepted somewhere or if you have a hard time accepting yourself, you're accepted here. It's a crazy world that we live in Just think that it's better when we do it together. Live music is better when we do it together. Art is better when we do it together. Even streaming TV shows during a pandemic and starting it at the same time as a friend two states away, like I did with my buddy Jason with the Die Hard movies, it was better together. And I want you to know that this world is better because of you and what you offer it. Again, I don't I don't care what that person, maybe it's even you telling yourself that you went wrong somewhere and you're not trustworthy. You can let that go. You can move past that. I believe in you. Here's the thing. It's a fine line putting yourself out there on a podcast like this from week to week. There's some weeks where you feel great you knock it out. Some weeks you feel tired, you push through, just like anything else. And there's some weeks where you just got to hit pause and say, this needs to come out tomorrow. (laughs) One of the the fine lines that I walk on this podcast is the line of being personal with you and protecting my privacy. And, you know, I, I think there's a way to be personal and to let you know or let you in on things without i don't know sacrificing some kind of boundary and that's that's the line that I walk every week that I put these out and I think this week for me just kind of had a roller coaster of emotions kind of hitting me and people on my mind that I care about that I love and if you're hearing this, man, again, I believe in you. I think you can do it. I don't think the past defines you. Even if it's something that maybe I don't like about you, that doesn't define you. Who am I? Who is that person? Who are they? Forget about it. (laughs) My guest today is Nelson Laughlin. Man, we've only met once. That's a that's the truth. We we met around Memorial Day this year when I visited Texas to see some family. And let me let me give a disclaimer here. Uh, Nelson and I are not physical trainers. You know, we don't we don't like we're not authorized to tell people how to work out. We are not dietitians. We are just kind of shooting the shit. Talking about what's working for us and and how we're just trying to figure it out. So, as you listen to this episode, just know that like we're not any professional, authorized person. <laughs> so please don't take some of the things that I say and think this is how this has got to work for me. Don't let that stress you out. Like if there's something on your mind related to your health related to your physical state or your mental health, go research that and get help. and and I've offered it before. you know my email for this show is clockworknightspodcast at gmail.com. I'll say that a little bit slower for the people in the back. It's clockworknightspodcast at gmail.com. You can always write to me and there's so many things I I, I just know I can't help with. I can't fix. I can't do whatever for you. But what I can do is plug you with some good resources, you know, whether it be an app or maybe some kind of therapy thing, you know, that they offer online. Like I'd be more than happy to give you links so that way you can take those resources and figure out what is best for you. I just want you, the listener, a person sitting in your car, sitting at work, wherever you are right now, laying in bed, which will be me later reviewing this podcast. <laughs> I want you to feel supported and know that there is a place in this life where you are accepted for you. And it's here. I'm sorry, I just keep going back to that. But yeah, the, the conversation with Nelson is, is awesome. It was so cool to catch up and hear how he is handling some changes in his life and just really cool to get to hear what this guy is doing and and how he's approaching some things. It was just really cool to be able to have this conversation and really glad that you get to hear it. So uh, I think that's it. I've talked quite a bit so far. So I'm going to go ahead and, and jump in here, get out of the way, whatever, you know. So without further ado, here is my buddy, good Texan drummer, Nelson Laughlin.
1: So, businesses will call in and um, they need to know what kind of machine is going to be a good fit based on, you know, they're doing X, Y, and Z with their devices. And we'll make recommendations based on that. So, it's pretty fun kind of a tech consultant by day and then uh, playing drums and having some brews by night. So, (laughs) it's nice.
0: Have you had a brew yet?
1: Uh, Currently, currently in progress.
0: Sweet. Okay, cool. I was waiting, I wanted to open mine. <laughs> if I can get this on the mic. Sounded like a commercial. Cheers, that, man. That is. Cheers. What dr- Absolutely. What are you drinking?
1: This is uh high sign brewing. Uh they have a blueberry blonde. Um, mm. pretty low on the yeah, on the alcohol spectrum. So it's drinkable and yeah, it's got like good blueberry nuts. It's cool.
0: Sweet. That's yeah. awesome. I, I'm drinking a a Sierra Nevada Celebration which is like their holiday IPA. I'm not mm-hmm. a beer snob and I'm not like an IPA person, but I'm a Celebration Sierra Nevada Celebration person. <laughs> so nice. Yeah, that's I don't know. It's it's like the one IPA that I love and look forward to every year and it, it does the trick and then I don't need it for another 11 12 months. <laughs>
1: Exactly. I, I'm not a big beer snob either, but I am usually a fan of the seasonal releases. Yeah, Shiner would do their seasonal releases and stuff that I've enjoyed. Um I haven't tried that one though. Sierra Nevada, I've heard about it. I think I just saw it on somebody's Instagram story recently, actually. It's like, huh, I haven't uh haven't tried that one. So yeah. I'll have to give have it you, a
0: shot. Have you had any of their beers?
1: Yeah. So Sierra Nevada, um oh.
0: They have like that green get- can. With the pale That's oil. the
1: one. I wish yeah. I could... I don't know what it's called. Again, really not a beer snob. Maybe like no, it's Beer right. Ignorant, Ethan.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's okay. Uh, I have no... I like... I have no idea what you get in Texas other than Lone Star and Shiner. Like Because I didn't really go out shopping for beer when I was in Texas. So that's all I know when it comes to Texas beers. Lone Star and Shiner.
1: <laughs> it's definitely everywhere. Uh, and then... I think, you know, Sierra, they have their national distribution. High Sign, I think High Sign might actually be from Austin. I don't have the can nearby. There's some good Austin breweries um, and then a couple of tap houses that really go out of their way to pull some in from, you know, Ballast Point, San Diego, the whole Hop Highway scene out there. So there's a a good little... There's actually a corner store right across the street from me called... um, I'm totally drawing a blank on it now, but it it is kind of go to for beer and wine snobs. They do they go out of the way to get really interesting, weird brews from their supplier, and it's it's really cool. It's right over here in like Wooten Park, you know Wooten uh, uh, neighborhood here in Austin, and uh, yeah, it's really it's really cool.
0: In what part of Austin are you in?
1: Yeah, so it's like North Central. I guess so. It's like Brentwood Park or Wooten is is the the neighborhoods right over here. It's pretty much like 183 and Mopac go north south, and they kind of meet. We're like right where they meet, just south of where they meet. So, okay, probably about 25, twenty five, twenty twenty five minutes from downtown, okay. um, and then like thirty thirty five minutes from like Cedar Park, Round Rock, and those areas. So,
0: like okay. north central. How long have you been in Austin?
1: So yeah, so I moved to Austin uh, five years ago now. Um, mm-hmm. actually coming on six, yeah. So I moved, uh, I originally grew up, I uh, was born in Dallas, moved to San Antonio for high school, took, took a trip out to California for a job opportunity out there for a little while, mm-hmm. and then came back to Austin to work with Apple. So that, I just took that job with Apple, Coming up on six years ago now. And so, yeah, it's been cool. It was good to get back to Texas. It was interesting though too, because it was like getting back to Texas to a city that I had never lived in. Mm-hmm. So that was a, it was a neat change. And a city being a musician, living in San Antonio, a city I had always kind of wanted to live in also. So
0: yeah. Yeah. Which, I mean, you've lived in like all of the, the m- most popular parts of Texas, I feel like, you know, San Antonio, Dallas and Austin. Those are like... Austin. Yeah, very iconic.
1: Yeah. And then for the one city that, you know, the other major city that I missed out on was Houston. Somehow, yeah. all of the people that I know and play music with here, they're yeah. almost all from Houston. And so <laughs> it's like, I'm not from there, but I've got enough friends from there. So I, I don't know. I got yeah, all the yeah. bases covered.
0: <laughs> yeah, for sure. And I mean, from what I've heard, and you and I talked about this briefly when we were hanging out in Austin, that San Antonio has a great music scene. I've heard that from bands over the years that like they loved playing in San Antonio, that the crowds are always great. So I'm just curious, like, what was that like growing up around? Did you get to do much music stuff growing up or was that later in life?
1: Yeah. So right when I moved to San Antonio, I was just starting high school. So, and that was also kind of my musical renaissance. I, I was getting out of the middle school band program, getting into high school. Really excited to join the high school jazz program. So my first introduction to San Antonio music was exploring the jazz scene downtown uh, with my parents at the time because I was young, uh, like fifteen, going into high school as a freshman. So we went down to a couple of jazz clubs down, actually, right around, like within a block or two radius of where the Alamo is. Um, there's some really cool jazz clubs. One is in like a re, uh, like a renovated old bank. And it's changed names a couple of times, but just two or three really awesome jazz clubs, groups playing from the local uh, universities. So University of Incarnate Word, UTSA wasn't a thing yet at that time. Big jazz program, not a big thing yet. But yeah, so having some of those college age and mixing in with some of the older age jazz musicians all in one group. Uh, Right there in San Antonio, really awesome to see that playing a good amount of not just, you know, your kind of classic swing style jazz, more contemporary stuff, and also a good amount of Latin jazz and any given set, we would hear a couple of Latin jazz pieces. That was that was awesome. And of course, you know, like 15 years ago now. um, So I imagine the scene has only gotten better. That was that always resonated with me. And then, you know, as I go through high school, now some of my friends have driver's licenses and then we're going out a little bit more. Uh, we would go down around like St. Mary's University. There's some really cool venues down there. The spot used to be called the Paper Tiger um, on St. Mary's Street. and It's probably changed. I know it's changed names now. Really cool, like alternative rock, punk rock, where, you know, um, you kind of got to see some of the other Styles of music that were there and the younger crew and also as a third genre that's really well <laughs> represented there is metal and heavy rock cool. uh, pantera and hair metal yeah. went off like i mean just gangbusters <laughs> in san antonio in the 80s and you see a lot of the older crowd out there enjoying the punk rock and some of the alt stuff and also really going to those like Heavy metal shows and and Pantera, um, you know, influenced bands and stuff. So it was it was a really cool kind of mix of everything.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. And you you said you moved there around that age of middle school to high school. Yeah, that's man, that's such a cool time to move to a city that has a lot to offer for the arts. (laughs) I, I could only imagine what that would feel like to to. I mean, did you grow up in a suburb of Dallas or were you like? In the in this, and then so moving to San Antonio, were you also still in the suburbs, or did you have access, or had to wait till the driver's license?
1: Yeah. So yeah, Dallas was it was in a suburb and about you know pr- pretty far outside of the downtown areas. San Antonio, I was in a area called uh, of like Boulevard Spring Branch, uh, so it's like it was a little more uh, rural out there, you know. Uh but then so we (laughs) (laughs) some of them folks landowners and all this sort of stuff, right? Yeah. Um, but then like 30 minute drive into San Antonio. And so out there everything was a 30 minute drive. And so it it just didn't seem like it was that far away anyhow. So yeah, it was a little bit of a trek, but it's like there was nothing else really going on around us. Me and a lot of my musician friends, we were a lot of us actually were kind of transplants. We didn't grow up in San Antonio. Some of my buddies uh in high school were from Abilene and from like downtown San Antonio and moved up to this area. We all this is interesting mix of folks who were all kind of new to the area. And mm. so we all naturally gravitated to downtown cultural center, you know, first Fridays in San Antonio, really big, like classic San Antonio culture, really awesome like Latinx community there and and just really like vibrant roots. So we we had to be there. 30, 45 minute drive doesn't matter we got to go down there and check it out. So that was, that was the goal.
0: Yeah. That's awesome. Do you still stay in touch with any of those, those guys or, or those people?
1: (laughs) Oh yeah. Yeah. In fact, so I I live with a couple of them here in Austin. Yeah. And, and it's really interesting because I had had great friends in middle school. Uh, but we really, I think in high school, because again, it was that kind of weird mix that we had all just moved there. It was a really strong bonding experience for us. And so, it's it's lasted we've all stayed in touch really consistently one of those buddies uh from he was originally from abilene he lives back in san antonio now he, he moved out for a little bit went to a different city but san antonio still uh now and again because the the culture and the vibe there's still awesome he actually just he just sent me some tracks the other day he's he's got a little home studio set up so he'll send over tracks every now and then and I'll kind of do some demo work over here and go see him and and do some recordings there. So yeah, thankful to be able to say we've we've all stayed in touch. We had a a good bond.
0: That's amazing. That's so cool. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. And you say that a couple of those guys are your roommates?
1: Yeah. Yeah. So here in Austin, I'm renting a house with a couple of buddies. So yeah, Brandon and, and Lewis were two guys that I went to high school with and our other buddy Martin, who was in band with me as well. So we all grew up around music in San Antonio, exploring those cultural events and, and music scene and everything. So
0: has your personalities or the dynamic of your personalities changed very much? Or is it very much the same as it was then and kind of an expanded version or what's that look like?
1: Great question, man. Yeah. Cause it, for a couple of us, it has changed. Um, yeah. You know, our buddy Lewis and Brandon, they are small business owners and they're incredibly good at what they do they're they're in the like marketing and visual media industry that is their day in day out wake up do that work until they're ready to you know go to bed or work on music and then it's it's like their passion is their work and so it's it's essentially to me i think it's taken their personalities and augmented them i think they're becoming though that that best version of themselves which is really really cool to see and then the dynamic like um between the rest of it like then a couple of us like me and my buddy charles i don't know if it's maybe we just like you know changed at the same rate but it feels generally the same as whenever we were in high school and i think yeah even lewis and brandon the dynamic the relationship dynamic and being able to like you know uh uh, kind of goof with each other rag on each other every now and then but in general really be there to support each other that dynamic has always kind of been there even if you know we we fall out of touch for a, a month or two because you know brady's living in san antonio for instance still pick up the, co- the phone and call him and it's like we we didn't miss anything so it's cool uh to see that kind of We have all kind of grown up and changed a little bit, but the overall dynamic of the friendship is is still intact. Uh, Yeah. proud of all those guys. Yeah.
0: That's awesome. Yeah. And that's a really special bond to have. And and I've been a part of a couple of friend groups that are very similar. And when you get together, even like we we were all hanging out. So now I'm I'm in my mid thirties. Well, we're all in our mid thirties. And to hang out, it's like we've matured, but when we Hang out like there's not. It doesn't feel like we're catching up. Like we're trying, you know. It's just like we we're just hanging, and like oh yeah, Kevin. Kevin has like I think you know three kids. Josh still doesn't. I still don't. You know, and just <laughs> just those kinds of differences have changed. So I can relate to that a lot, and um, it's a good feeling to continue to you know go through life and still have some kind of stability, friend group, foundation already in place. So that way, if you go through something, it's like, man, I, I know where to go. I don't have to go too far. I don't have to go search for help elsewhere. You know?
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's something that I, that I value. And I think all of us, we we don't miss any opportunity when we are drinking, we all, you know, getting together, having drinks or, or playing music. It doesn't, it's not uncommon for us to kind of have that realization every now and then and be like, man, you know, kind of, remembering on old times being like, wow, that was already, you know, 15, 13, 14 years ago. You know, I'm 30 now. These guys are coming up. Some of them are coming up on 30. A couple of my buddies are a little, uh, you know, a couple of years older than me, but yeah, kind of having those those moments of realization and, and how how grateful we are for that. And and some of the friends that we make that are, that are new friends to us, remembering that, you know, we may be a new version of that for them and so really making ourselves available and and open with each other uh cuz i you know i'm i'm a very much a people person and and like you said and i've said some of your you know previous episodes too it's like have, having that support system feeling like you have someone you can reach out to knowing that you can you give yourself the permission to reach out to those people it's really yeah. important
0: it's oh, really yeah. important that's great and and as far as music goes like are you working on anything right now or cuz i'm trying to remember like we hung out, just so that everyone knows who's listening to this, we've only hung out once <laughs> for like <laughs> maybe five hours, tops. Maybe. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so uh, we we bonded because we're drummers, we have you know, similar taste in music, and we talked about live music and recording and just kind of what we grew up on. And then just from there, it was like a few beers later. Trying to find another bar, then coming back to the same bar, and <laughs> just <laughs> that's that's what I remember.
1: Um, <laughs> that's it. Yep.
0: Yeah, I can't remember. I'm so sorry. And I tried to stalk your Instagram, and it seems like some of the posts are from a couple of years ago, pre-pandemic, where you've worked in some amazing studios. And I didn't know if you were still working with those same people, you know, as far as musicians or, or band. Yeah,
1: definitely. So you know, it's funny actually. Whenever whenever you and I met up. Uh, and we were hanging out. Yeah, exactly as you remember it. We we thought the grass was greener somewhere else, but it wasn't. <laughs> we came right back. And yeah, so at that time, I was actually pretty close to a burnout. Um, mm-hmm. I was working with four groups intermittently every now and then sort of thing enough to where it was, you know, on any given month, i I would maybe have one or two days a week to myself and to my own, you know, essentially it would look like I'm going to work I get off work I have time to eat some dinner and then I'm going to practice with someone or someone else or, or maybe a recording and then I'm back home just in time to try to like unwind and go to bed mm. and for a while it was really exciting um, because hey I'm busy all my friends are, are doing fun music stuff I like playing drums and then over time it really kind of started to to weigh on me where I found myself uh, just kind of Building up this frustration, feeling like I, you know, like I, I essentially what it was. I, I wasn't paying attention to myself. I wasn't allowing myself my own time to kind of do my own thing. So, I um, w- one of the groups um, that I was playing with, I had to have a really kind of sober conversation with them and explain that to them. And I said, you know, it's uh, classic. Like it's it's nothing that you're doing this is something I've got to do for myself. I'm not bringing my best self to your, to your practices. Right. I'm, I'm cutting myself short, which means I'm I'm selling you short and I'm not bringing my best creative mind in here. And, you know, I've, I've gotta, I've gotta cut something somewhere. And at the time we were practicing, you know, two times a week uh, with that particular group. And I was kind of losing creative focus with them. And I felt like I wasn't, I wasn't able to contribute. As well as a drummer should be able to contribute in a band, so I I felt like I was selling them short. Had to have that conversation.
0: Yeah, you're the one who prompted that conversation.
1: Yeah, yeah. Because it felt it felt I felt guilty after every practice. I was waiting to get out of there. Um, While we were in the middle of practice, I'm like, what? What is this? You know, what are we doing here? Okay. Hmm. Yeah. Do you like that? Uh, You know. Yeah. Hey, I can I can roll with it. You know. It was like. And, and I don't that's not how I like to do things I like to kind of do it all the way if I'm gonna do something I'm gonna do it like as as well as I can and and it it uh, got to a point where I just wasn't I wasn't doing it as well as I could I wasn't mm. doing them justice I wasn't doing me justice it wasn't good for anybody
0: I'm just trying to put myself in your shoes and sitting behind <laughs> the drum set being in a band setting you know if, if I don't know how you guys practice if you're all facing each other or <laughs> doing like a yeah. prep for stage so like the other people are facing, you know, away from you. But I'm just curious, you know, like you go to to do a fill, even or the next song you click in, like do you just do you feel tired? You just
1: yeah, yeah, no, it, it very yeah. So it's it's this like fatigue sort of feeling, and, and it's it's also like a lack of excitement. There's no like kind of fire excitement in the song. Mm-hmm. And th- these were like some of these were high energy songs that really heavily influenced by like, um, uh, you know, Guns N' Roses and some of the, some of the eighties, eighties rock groups. Amazing. And so the drum parts, yeah. Awesome. Right. And, and just really high energy driving yeah. snare on two and four big, you know, <laughs> uh, you know, uh, fills and everything like that. And, you know, speaking my love
0: language now. <laughs>
1: I mean, and, it, and it's great. And, yeah. Now I might throw a curveball at you. It's it's not my favorite music to play already. Which,
0: right. Yeah. And and I I do remember that. I remember that seemed like your style seemed to be a little bit more groovier than than rock and roll. And you know, and, and you can you can explain that yourself, but like I, I do remember that it seemed like from the, the jazz influence that, that kind of like had a, a major impact on your personal playing. Yeah. Okay sorry.
1: No, no, that's, (laughs) you're absolutely right. And, and so essentially that feeling was just that already I've got to kind of put on a performance even to practice this. Mm. Can I do it? Yes. Was I able to do it when my, when my tank's already on empty? No. And so that's, that's why I kind of had that conversation where, you know, this music isn't coming supernaturally to me. I don't have the energy to, to conjure that. And I feel like I'm doing you guys a disservice. My fills weren't exciting. Uh, you know, the, the fatigue makes the the tempo drag a little bit, and it, you know, so it was it was really tough. And I know that they will find a drummer that that can do them better justice. In the meantime, there's one project that the other project that took up a lot of my time, and still does, is one that I'm just personally more invested in mm. uh, from a music. Uh, you know. Uh, guess like a music uh, influence standpoint a little bit more like desert rock like queens of the stone age foo fighters love the the chris Shiflet hat by the way you know foo fighters style and and some of that like desert rock sort of punky but then Mm. also uh, one of his the the older albums were more you know kind of more folky a singer-songwriter sort of style but then cool. morphing into this like rebel country. So, like you were saying, not, you know, not your classic tip, you know, not your classic rock drumming vibe, but kind of like a fusion with other time signatures and other other uh, musical influences that made it to where even if I was tired and kind of having a rough day, it would it would entice me enough and it would it would kick that creative side of my brain on enough to get me in the mood to playing. Nice. And it's, yeah. And that that's what I've always loved about music. So of course, I mean, I, I had to, I had to make a change for myself. So that was kind of my thought process felt very selfish about it for a long time. It's still kind of fresh. I still kind of feel selfish about it. Hmm. Um, but it's was one that... of those positive self-talk things that it's like, no, you, you had to take care of yourself. So it's tough. yeah.
0: And was that, did you, did that conversation take place? So we met around Memorial day weekend. Did that take, Place around then? No, it
1: took place um, probably about three three months ago now. So, okay. I guess probably yeah, a little, quite quite a bit after we met. But whatever we initially met, yeah, there was two other groups that just were busy at the time. Those of all, sure. they're all kind of on the back burner now. But it was always these two main groups, and they're they're both awesome. Big fan yeah. of both of them. That you get was, you know Ramzel is one, and and Dream Drivers is the other group and both really fun. Both got, you know, a lot of stuff on Spotify. So yeah. And dream drivers is going to continue to make music. He's got a lot of, I've a lot of irons in the fire. And so, but anyway, yeah. So those are, those are the two main ones. I also was doing some work with guest rooms at the time that we hung out and nicotine limousine is another one. That's really fun. I think I think the 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 right the main writer and leader for that group. I think she's changing the name of that project, so I'll have to connect with her. I think she's she's in the studio right now, so cool. working on some things. So, but anyway, yes, yeah, so yeah. it was a lot. You know, four groups. That is a there, lot. So, <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, and you're carrying forty hours at your day job, and when when you say that you have a day or two to yourself, when you're working like that, those. If you, even if you have two days off, like those are going to get filled up with other things that you naturally want to do. And then even on those days, I've been in in times in my life where like my days off are just a blur. They're not really rejuvenating or, you know, restoring for me. And it's like, I I still have to go get groceries, still have to pay the bills, still have to budget so I can pay the bills and do like real people shit (laughs) and not just like eating on the fly going to my second job or or band thing or live thing then just basically using the house to sleep in you know like <laughs> it's a lot and i commend you for prompting that conversation you know i'm just curious like in that space between when i saw you early summer and then you had that conversation with the band in, in late summer you know were you were you able to just like I don't know how to ask this, but like, I guess you maybe you've already answered this a little bit, but like, were you able to um, just see that like you needed to hit pause for you, like, yeah. I I don't know, like, that, like what did that yeah. look like, you know, like was it or was it just like you got pissed one day? <laughs> I don't know. I, I'll probably edit this part out because I'm like doing a terrible job at asking this question, but i I guess I'm just curious, like you know what what was the the final straw between the time that I saw you and in the time that you finally like told the band, like, Hey, I, I got to back off for a bit or possibly forever. Yeah.
1: Yeah. No. And it, I mean, to your credit, it's, it's a tough question to ask because it is, it's, it's uh it's a big murky gray area. So I think mm-hmm. it is, it's fitting for the, for the situation of you know, how, how do you navigate this and how do you, how do you realize it? Right. And, yeah. um, I know it's different for everybody. And, and I, I you know, for me, the, the realization th- there was a buildup of, like I was mentioning, you know, the, like, just like latent neck tension. I, those were things that I just looked over. I'm like, yeah, I don't know. You're getting old, probably not sleeping enough, whatever, oh, wow. you know, it's all good. But then the, the final, the final thing for me was we, we were in the middle of practice and I caught myself kind of starting to, to catch an attitude with with the singer and and, and songwriter and we could, because he was asking for like some creative input and like hey what do you think about this and like getting the creative juices flowing and i like in in my current headspace i like just wasn't having it because i was i was tired i wasn't feeling right and all this other sort of stuff it was all me things and i realized in that moment i was like He he doesn't deserve this this attitude from you. Like he he didn't do anything wrong. He's asking for like good creative input on songwriting and and you're a member of this band. And of course, yeah, you want to be able to provide that. And it was in that moment where I was like, I have to, you know, take myself out of this situation because I'm I'm only going to if I if I continue doing this, I'm I'm only gonna harm the friendship. If I feel like Mm. I'm not taking care of me and I feel like my time here isn't a good creative investment and i feel like it's not giving back to me and in the moment it was it wasn't nearly as elegant as that i've had you know 3 months to realize it now in the moment sure. i was like like uh, like some of these realizations subtly like the initial realization was i shouldn't be upset with him why am i upset with him and the initial answer was like cuz you're tired and you don't want to be here and so in the moment mm-hmm. i i blurted out just kind of some things uh, nothing really like hurtful, but more along the lines of like I don't know, man. You know, it's it's your song. I, I don't really have a lot of input. I just play drums here, which is kind of hurtful in a way because you're invested creatively,
0: a little and, passive,
1: and 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 super dismissive, yeah,
0: maybe a smidge,
1: hundred <laughs> percent super Dude. passive and, and dismissive. And so, luckily, yeah. he he was a cool enough guy to where I talked to him the next day to for me to like own up to my own emotions and say, hey, man. I didn't have anything to do with you. This, yeah. uh, you're you're owed that creative input. I'm uh-huh. here's the space where I'm at, and and I'm fortunate enough that he was a cool enough guy to sit, you know, listen to what I had to say and understand it, and and mm-hmm. and we're still friends, you know, currently. And so, super grateful for that. But yeah, yeah, it's kind of messy at first. It's like yeah, getting it, upset, like what?
0: Yep, and that's okay. And you know, like oh man. If if only I could have caught things that quick or had conversations that quick with all the times that I've gotten burnt out with <laughs> someone, <laughs> you know. But it sure. it sounds like you're you did the right thing, you know. Regardless of how messy it was, how has the time been since? Like, have you been able to get some more sleep? Is your back doing better?
1: Yeah, because you know I'm I'm you know I, essentially what I did with that time I traded the time that I was investing in that band for self-care. So I started working out with one of my friends, nothing crazy, but just to get some good activity. I I sit at a desk all day. So I I need some exercise to kind of, not only for the posture, but then then to exert some energy, you know, focusing in on my eating and schedule and and using that time to like, go take my time at the grocery store and Mm. think about what nutrition I'm trying to take in and and what meals I want to prep. And so it, it has had a, a positive effect because I, I would have felt terrible if I just you know, quit the band and traded it out for something else that, that wasn't provided. The, the reason why I left was because I knew I needed to, to change something for myself. It was a, yeah. it was a, after that initial conversation that the messy conversation in that night where we came to a cool point of like, I don't know if I can do this anymore. And he said, okay, cool. And we walked out of the room and went our separate ways it was this wash of emotions of like, Nelson, you haven't been sleeping very well. You haven't been eating very well. You haven't been taking care of yourself. You need to take these days and replace them with things that you need to do. And so that's what mm-hmm. it's been. Going to the gym more regularly. And those those two days of, of the week are two of my four workout days in a week now. So cool. big, big time available. And uh, you know hitting the grocery store after one of those days. And so it has had a positive impact. I, I had to make it a positive impact. I just as easily could have cut those two days of band practice out and sat in front of my computer and played video games on those days. But right, it's like, I would have been in the same place if I did that. So like, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah.
0: What are you enjoying about the gym? What, what are you doing when you go in? Um, you're going in about four days a week. Like, are you, do you have designated days for certain things or certain parts of the body? Like what are you doing?
1: Yeah. Yeah. So I, I, right now I follow the lead of one of my friends who has been fit for a long time. And he actually was in the... He was at the Air Force Academy in Norwich for a little while and has always really just stayed in good shape since then. Has a really like cool, holistic approach to working out where it's like, let's not overdo it, but let's you know, challenge ourselves. And uh, we actually sat down and had a conversation about like, okay, what are some of your goals? Realize that our goals are pretty similar. And mm-hmm. so not like in a personal trainer sort of thing, but in a, in the sense of like, okay, our goals are similar. I do some of these same things. So come work out with me and we'll, you know, we'll find your way. Well, and so essentially what it is, is, um, it's a lot of resistance training. So weightlifting, um, but really controlled weights. I'm not trying to like, uh, you know, hurt myself or anything by yeah. lifting a whole lot too heavy. I'm not taking any supplements. It's just, some of the, like the posture and resistance training to build some muscle and, um, yeah. And then it, it'll kind of help, you know, lose some weight. So some uh, certain days we'll do, uh, like chest and, 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 um, triceps. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, the next day we'll do like back and biceps. So now, now we're kind of evened out, you know, push and pull here, Yeah. On the end of chest day, like so, any any push you want to try to do like an equal pull at least to wind out the day, so that way you're not all like you know like sore messed up. So you kind of it's focused like the posture, leg. The leg day has been super big for posture. I don't again don't go killing myself on leg day. (laughs) I don't go too hard, but you do get a little sore
0: the first leg day.
1: (laughs) It is. It's easy to kill yourself out there. Yeah. uh, In the in the gym, so. Uh, but yeah, like not doing that. And like having someone there that's a partner, uh, has been super helpful because I, I I didn't feel the pressure like to go lift heavy and, you know, we're, we're going to a a gold's gym too. So there's guys in there that are absolutely massive and (laughs) awesome to see like, Whoa, like you, you have been, this is your craft, right? But going with someone who's kind of a guide has been super helpful. I recommend it. Even if you pay for a personal trainer. It is a. I always get a better lift in. I always feel sore where I'm supposed to feel sore when I work out with someone. Sometimes mm-hmm. when I work out by myself, there's not someone watching me or whatever. But yeah, so it's been really great. And and the posture has again, you know, leg day doing doing back exercises, doing some core exercises. It's really helps just like general posture. I sleep better on on the nights that I'm working out. So
0: yeah, yeah most definitely. And posture so. Important because everything that your back is set up to do is to protect the spine, to protect the brain. And mm. I didn't know that till this year. Maybe if I had heard that before, like in one ear, out the other.
1: Yeah, but, that's interesting.
0: You know, like I'm right there with you. I work, you know, remotely, I work at a desk. And so to get up, go on a walk on my breaks to be as active as I can. Like you would think it would come easy being a musician, being a drummer, like, the, oh yeah, I'm going to be active. But like when you work at a desk for eight hours a day or 10 hours a day, however, whatever your shift looks like, that is mentally and physically taxing just sitting there and doing nothing. Posture and intentionally engaging the parts that you want to work out. So for me... This year, I've tried to intentionally engage my core when I'm working my legs, or you know, let's say doing push-ups, like something that isn't necessarily like benching, or you know, something that's kind of way high up there, you know, on the body, but like is maybe chest on down. Like I'll just intentionally like kind of flex. One yeah. of my favorite things that I found um, to engage the core is doing farmers walks because that also resets posture. Um, okay. Are you familiar with Farmers Walks? No. Okay. So it's it's a simple concept. Um, basically, you're thinking of a farmer walking across a field carrying a heavy object, and there's that idea of you know farmer strength and that farmers because they are doing so much you know physical labor day in and day out that like they could probably kick somebody's ass ass <laughs> really quick you know or or give a good punch just because it's like they're constantly like doing stuff on the farm so a farmer's walk is where you can pick up weights and um you can easily youtube like farmer's walk workout or something or exercise and you basically pick up even weights on both sides and you just walk through the gym is with with good posture and your back you know not not your shoulders i've seen people doing that yeah So you basically want your shoulders to be back. That way you're not like hurting them by putting them forward. There's certain techniques they can do where you can put a little bit more weight. Um, if you're carrying an actual dumbbell or something, you can hold it by the back end. That way the weight is pulling you forward when you walk. Some people do like crazy steps where they're like getting really low to the ground and and lifting their whole body back up. There's another one. It's again, something that I saw for posture. So I do it on push days is where I hold the weights above my head and walk around with them. Just go as long as I can. Uh, like you said, I tend to start out with smaller weights because I want to do something that I can control. I tend to go for the less is more approach where it's like, mm-hmm. I'm not out to get super massive. I've also have had injuries my entire life. I played drums through so many injuries and <laughs> just young and dumb kind of thing. So, yeah. Like just learning about good posture, good technique when working out and then starting out small has, has been huge for me. And that's great that you have a trainer. I wish I had a trainer here. They're just so damn expensive. So I would really have to budget that one out.
1: (laughs) And again, you know, I lucked out just because of someone that I'm friends with where he, he's done the research, uh, himself and also was, was in, you know, Air Force Academy working out with his trainers. Um, not a professional trainer by trade. Right. And so, Hmm. um, we we just kind of look out for each other out there is, is really the only, the only thing. And so it's been, it's been interesting and he's, he's someone that I trust. So again, I just kind of lucked out. It's awesome. But yeah, it is, it is really nice to have. And I'm, I'm with you. It's like overdoing it will always do, it'll do more harm, you know? And, and one of the biggest things that he's, he's always shared with me and and something that my brother's always shared with me too. It's kind of (laughs) like any workouts and stuff, even if, you know you're going low weight it's okay just control the weight all the way through' it's slow reps you know it's I think there's there's just one um, video that I saw on YouTube it's a um, fitness personality I can't recall the name right now but talking about time under tension so you can do you know say you're doing your bench press maybe you're only benching like 20 pounds something light just the bar even but doing it really slowly and staying just within the range where you're feeling resistance the whole time. Hmm. Um, you're, cause you're keeping your muscle activated time under tension sort of stuff. So yeah. Realizing that you don't have to go throw heavy weights around sometimes like working smarter, not harder again, you know, is, yeah, it's kind of the way to do it. So really sure. relieving to hear that grow up thinking like, you know, muscle beach sort of style <laughs> stuff that's working out. Not really. Doesn't have
0: to be No, not everybody's body is the same. And everyone has injuries as you know, the older you get, you're probably carrying some injury or some part of your body has adjusted to something that you have done in a fucked up way. (laughs) So, you know, it it, it's very interesting that, you know, you notice the the pain and this this the pain and the sleep get better. I've always noticed that when I take care of my body, if I get in, you know, like uh, see a doctor or uh, physical therapy and relieve pain in one part of my body, then another part of my body will show pain and I'll be like, well, what the heck? Like, I've never did anything. And my doctor recently told me, he's like, well, actually, it's because you got relief in the one part. You've probably been living with this other pain and you just got used to it. And wow. Then the the major pain that you felt like that was where your brain always went to say like this hurts the most and prioritizing wow yeah which I think that all goes back to like in the in the same way that you're taking your time with weights when we're talking about recovery or getting healthy or or healing it just takes time and pain I don't think that. Oh boy, we could really open up a whole Pandora's box with this one. But I don't think that when it comes to working out, that pain and suffering is necessary. You know, it's like it can be enjoyable and you can walk out and you can maybe have a little bit of soreness or, um, uh, you know, a little bit of normal fatigue, but like it can be enjoyable. And I'm sure yeah. that you're experiencing too some euphoric feelings when you're getting a good workout in that you weren't even getting doing your craft as a drummer. And yes it's it's more honed in on you <laughs> and you know there's it's just different i don't know like it's crazy how that works yeah yeah
1: it feels good yeah and i was i was talking uh you know with my partner the other day um, she has started uh working out and it was it was her first day working out with also going with her friend very similar actually just a good friend of hers they both have similar goals so they were they were riding the exercise bike on yeah. the whole incline setting. And so it was like some cardio, some resistance. And her legs were sore for like five days. <laughs> and it's <laughs> like, babe, crazy, right? Like, wow. Um yeah. and and but and I, I told her I was like, hey, the the first day that you know me and Charles started working out, each muscle group, I was sore for about three to four days. Mm-hmm. Some of that's normal, no cause for alarm because it's your first time getting back out there. Like you gotta feel yeah. that. But remember that it should slowly, you should get less sore. Be sure you're feeling soreness in the right spots. Just not giving her any advice because I'm not a personal trainer, sure. but just like letting her know, like, you know, you don't always want to feel tons of pain. You'll find that happy medium where you're, you know, you're pushing yourself. You're getting some endorphins. You're, you're yeah. sweating. You're a little sore. It'll get better. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, it's a weird thing. You, you really have to, and it's, you have to figure it out for yourself. And when in doubt, you just, you know, talk to a medical professional or go go to a free clinic and try to like, make sure everything's doing okay. Um, but that first time out, man, it, it Mm -hmm. just, I mean, for real, you know, after that first leg day, after having not worked out for probably three years throughout the pandemic, um, I was walking funny, you know, (laughs) stiff leg, like, you know, walking around the house and, so, but anyway, since then, like you said, it's gotten a little better. Doesn't there's not pain after every single workout like that. There's soreness, yeah. but, you know, yeah.
0: Yeah, and it's so <laughs> like mental as well, like as a creative going to a gym for me. That took some time to get used to. It feels very vulnerable and the first night, the first night that I went in, I was really grateful to see people of all different shapes and sizes in the gym that I was going to and I was like, Oh, okay. Same. This is everybody. And yeah, there, it wasn't just like 95% like sculpted dudes and chicks walking around, like looking perfect. It was like literally like moms and grandmas and and grandpas and, and people younger than me who, who again, all shapes and sizes. And I was just like this. Okay, cool. Like I'm going to focus on me just like that person has learned to focus on themselves and put my head down and just try and get over it. And um, it's been really good for me. I know that the the food thing too has been really good. I've started about a year and a half ago, maybe right around the time the pandemic started. I started intermittent fasting as best as I can. So for me, I know that like the traditional intermittent fasting is like a full 16 hours. I try to do as much research as I can on it. And the minimum that I try to go is 13 hours. Most people I'm hearing that between 14 and 16 hours is really good. And I I noticed that if if I stick to that and don't immediately go to making food in the morning when I'm still full from the night before, mm-hmm. um, that's also helped with my energy and attitude in the mornings. I don't know if I'm a morning person or not still. Like my mom was a night out, and then my dad was definitely a morning person who just like chugged coffee and smoked cigarettes. So I don't. I'm like in the middle. I I can stay up all night, but then when I really push myself, I can be up three hours later at you know seven in the morning, just being like, "All right, here we go." <laughs> just yeah, put on my my jackass smile and drink some coffee.
1: <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. You and I are similar in that way. My mom was an absolute night owl. My dad was up at the crack of dawn. You know, construction foreman sort of thing. It's like, yep, got my oh, yeah. coffee already. Uh, coffee machine's on an alarm clock. It's ready, and I'm out the door and. I remember you and I talked about intermittent fasting a little bit also. Um, yeah. And, you know, I know you, this is not a health advice podcast, so I'm not even going to go there, but I, <laughs> I did some of the looks for me. And I, in general, I, I never try to provide any input (laughs) like because i'm not a professional but i i you know did some of my own research that i was comfortable with and the intermittent fasting thing that also felt good and felt right and Mm. i um i like i like doing the intermittent fasting for me personally um i you know talked to my doctor about it we did some blood panels to make sure i'm still eating enough getting enough vitamins and oh yeah kind of stayed on top of that because that's the other funky thing intermittent fasting your smaller window so you have to eat a really good variety of stuff, probably, yeah. you know, vitamin supplement, whatever. But that that feeling that you're talking about, get, letting myself get hungry in the morning before I eat, mm-hmm. it, it, it really helps sustain energy throughout the rest of the day. Seemed like it felt more natural, like to, to get hungry, you know, thinking of like hunter-gatherer, they probably weren't full all of the time. So I don't yeah. know, it, it was one of those things that like made sense to me. I tried it, it felt right. So it clicked, and it it was such a personal thought process that you know it's hard to recommend to anybody. For sure, you know, just carte blanche. But like, yeah, also have found that that feels good. It's been cool.
0: Yeah, I so I've been getting into a habit of buying up bananas and trying to just carry a banana with me if I know that I'm not going to be eating breakfast before I leave the house. That way, it's like I've got it near me when the body says like, "Hey, I'm feeling hungry." And you know that's why I said like I don't know if 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 I can necessarily stick to a certain like sixteen hours for me personally. I try to just gauge off of just when I get hungry, and then just go like, oh okay, like you should eat now. Like don't put it off another hour and try and stick to some like plan that or or some you know a graph that you saw on on Google Images. Like (laughs) right, just. You're hungry. Your body's telling you you're hungry. Go for it. Yeah. So, yeah, bananas. I, I like eating bananas before working out too because of the potassium. I've noticed for mm-hmm. me, like getting something like that, I feel energized. I try to eat it like maybe 30, 45 minutes before working out, and it makes all the difference. There, there have been times where I've worked out and not ate, and it's just like I feel like trash and running on no fuel. It's like, you know, a car without an oil change. I'm just like setting myself on fire. <laughs> Sure. Um but yeah, we don't have to talk about all that shit all night. Um so you mentioned your parents, did you grow up with music in the house? You, you mentioned going out to see music like were they listening to stuff in the car or did they yeah. have CDs or tapes or records in the house that they enjoyed?
1: Yes, all of that. Yeah, and 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 funny enough, I mean, didn't well, and probably a pretty common story. They they didn't play uh music themselves um my mom was in choir back in the day um my dad was always into music always listening to music everywhere he went what he did uh you know had cassette tape players and awesome collection of cassette tapes of you know led zeppelin and um um the who and um david bowie and uh you know yeah so Rolling Stones, that was a big one. Big Rolling Stones fan. So yeah, always listening to music on vinyl records. Oh, The Doors, like psychedelic mm. music was... He was real into psychedelic music. Um, Has that
0: influenced you? So. Like, you just lit up when you mentioned The Doors. Like, are you are you still into The Doors?
1: You know, it's funny. Like, yeah, A Doors song comes on. I'm like, oh, nice, The Doors. Um, yeah. I don't really seek out The Doors. Sure. Uh, like like i'm not like exploring their deep albums and their different release versions and cuts or anything but i'm influenced by them and i think some of my favorite music i've i've listened to in my lifetime is uh queens of the stone age and that desert rock is i think tangentially you know influenced by some of the psychedelia you know of the doors or like Iron Butterfly. It's it's mixed in yeah. there among other influences.
0: How um, great of an album so, is like clockwork. That is love it. I think that's possibly in my top three favorite albums ever. I got to see them tour that album. I'd listened to it as much as I could before the show, even thinking about how much I've listened to that album since then. I mean they they did an incredible job like they were on, you know they were on fire they they like you could tell they just put out the record they're super stoked that part of their band history as well was really special for them to, to come back and do an album that I think they thought they wouldn't be putting out it is kind of darker it kind of has some mm-hmm. Halloweeny vibes to it yep. but you know like I don't know it's just it's so good through and through like it swings it it backs off it gets really intimate and I'm taking over, but like it, (laughs) it's so good. I'm agreeing.
1: I'm like, I'm nodding on a steep incline. It's, it's true. I mean, I, uh, it's true to me. It resonates with me. Love that album. Mm. Previously, I would just listen to songs for the deaf front to back over and over. It was, it was the jam. Um, I think there was one track on that that I skipped depending on the mood I was in, which was six shooter. I would just, I don't know why I just skipped six shooter on songs Uh for the deaf. Um, and, but the concept of it, as I got older, realizing that it was like a concept album, of them, like scrolling through the radio, driving through the desert, California, getting a lot of static and this weird eclectic Mm -hmm. mix. And then whenever they announced like clockwork and I saw Dave Grohl was playing drums on one of the songs, I I pre-ordered it. I pre-ordered the special edition immediately with the little art art, uh, book in it. And like, as it sometimes happens, uh, the vinyl actually arrived a couple of days before the the release of the Mm. album. Um, and I just, I, I wore that thing out. Uh, still have that. It's, it's good. Like front to back. There's not a song on that one that I skip. It was, it was kind of this thing where it's like, this is a band that released this album before I like songs for the deaf, before I could fully appreciate it. And now I'm like actively into music. I was in high school when it dropped, um, or coming out of high school, maybe college by that point. Anyway, time is weird. Um, but yeah, so like I was actively, you know, into music and understood a little better. So I was, I I felt more present for it at the time of its release. And, um, yeah, really good lasting has aged. Well, I think Mm -hmm. one of my favorites. So I'm right there with you, man. I love the album. Big fan of those
0: guys. And then like Josh Homme is just writing in his wit. I'm trying to remember. uh, He says, what's the song? uh, I don't wear a watch or something like that is the line. Yeah. It's like, that's fucking hilarious. (laughs) Yes. I love that. Like He's so coy and witty with the way he writes. um, Yes that song there's a, and- there's a lot of
1: gems from that one from, from that whole album are you pulling and, it and
0: are you yeah it i've now? got
1: to i've got to now because the the i don't wear a watch line i remember being good the, even the music videos from that album there's one music video where he was like the video was him out drinking and doing business with japanese businessmen because i guess like culturally or classically at least i, I don't know how accurate it is but a lot of business is done like after hours and drinking and, and he's out getting like absolutely plastered with these folks yeah. and the lyrics. And once I saw the music video and reading the lyrics, I was like, Oh man, this, this makes so much sense. Yeah. Um, anyway, yeah. Big fan of his writing. Let me see. I don't wear wash.
0: Let's see. My God is the sun. I think it's that one.
1: Dun dun dun. God, dun 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 dun. Yep, it is. My God is the Sun, which is the one that uh Dave Girl drummed on. It was one of their one of their uh, one of their singles. And he said, Yeah, I don't know what time it was. I don't wear a watch. <laughs> so good to be an ant who crawls atop a spinning rock. I'm like, I don't know what time it is. I don't wear a watch. I'm just what am I? I'm just this thing on a rock. It's so like it's so real. It's like he's not. He has no no images of grandeur about what he is or what he's doing. He's just writing rock music.
0: Yeah, it's awesome. <laughs> As a drummer, that's a fun album because it was very transitional. It's weird how they timed that, but like Joey Castillo was the drummer for, um, you know, the, the longest time, and I think he plays on the first two or three tracks. Dave Grohl plays. Picks up and, and is like the transitional drummer. And I believe John Theodore, who is now their full time drummer, got to play on like the last track or something like that. Like nice. that's so Josh Homme, Queens of the Stone Age. Like just thinking that intentional about how to work the order of an album, even down to like, okay, like this drummer's leaving the band. This is who filled in to get us, like to, to buy us time. And then here's the new guy and we're going to introduce him. So I think that's all on the Wikipedia and in the, the liner notes of the album, but like I remember that just being funny. Oh. Uh-oh. It's me. It's the Clark Show. <laughs> I think he got pissed. He was like, this guy knows way too much about this album. Screw him. He's gone. Oh, there he is. Here we go. Audio is connected. There he is. I, I, I was like, I think I pissed him off by like talking about the drummers. Cause he just left. He was like, this guy doesn't know what he's talking about.
1: It's because I was wearing a watch. I, I shouldn't be wearing a watch. <laughs> it confused me. My Apple watch said I was on a call. I'm like, I shouldn't be on a phone call it's cause I'm on zoom. See, I'm just, I'm just the ant on the rock also. I'm right there with Josh. Right. I have no business with technology. It's going to confuse me and then I'm going to leave a, a, you know, a podcast with Clark. So,
0: right. Yeah. That's, <laughs> <laughs> that's great.
1: But yeah. So you're, yeah. So it's it, like it's, some of those details were in the liner notes and, and, and he, uh, Josh Tommy was also talking about the lineup for that album. And I, I love that it was, there was a couple of different drummers on that hearing him talk on some of his podcasts about that album were really exciting and really cool. Just because again, he's, he's really this like genuine guy who's making the music of his life that he loves, uh, with, with people who are also interested in making that music and really Mm -hmm. cool to hear just kind of how like down to earth and real he is and how inclusive, you know, uh, music can be for, for any given scene or culture. It's really cool.
0: Yeah. That's awesome. So if you could if you could do something similar to that style of music, would you do it? Would you hop up like, or is it like kind of one of those things where you're like, I love it; it's my favorite band, but it's got to keep a special place in my heart. So like, I don't know. Like, does that make sense? Like, sometimes when I love something yeah. so much, it's like I don't know that I necessarily want to go and repeat it. It's like, I still want to be me
1: exactly and and there's some bands like that so, from so the the bands for me where i i like it but i keep it in its glass menagerie and i don't play it right is like <laughs> led zeppelin it's been done um it's yeah. good i'll listen to it it's been done you know uh, pink floyd and again you know that kind of the doors that style of psychedelia I like it. I've listened to it so much, though, that I would feel like I'm just kind of copying it, that I'm maybe not bringing anything like new to it. But Queens of the Stone Age, it always was something that I wanted to play musically because there were so few other bands that I was aware of like Queens of the Stone Age. You know, So it, it, to me, it almost felt like there was room and I felt like, I could help further this desert rock vision if I were in a band, someone writing songs like this. Mm-hmm. And so actually now the and I, I've kind of spoken that into existence a little bit. So one of the groups that I'm in right now, Ramzel, we're kind of heading in that direction after speaking with them about it. And it, it's something that Queens of the Stone Age, one of my favorite bands it was one of the things that me and the bassist of Ramzel made quick friends over like, yeah, Josh Homme. Oh my God. I love it. Yeah. Lead singer Ryan was like, yeah, no, I never listened to them all that much. But then you guys showed me, I knew some of their hits, but then like really dug into their discography, big fan. And so kind of started forming where I'm like, okay, this is looking pretty good. Like, but we're a folk band. Right. <laughs> and so the more we kind of started, you know, playing those, the, whenever we first got together, they were all of the songs he wrote as a singer songwriter. Mm. So naturally they were folky as we continued to play. Every time we got together, we kind of jam whatever was on the mind just to warm up. It was always something a little more, uh, kind of funky punk, weird time signature sometimes. And eventually Ryan, the, the, you know, lead writer for Ramsell. Kind of got a liking to it, so we started doing a little more like rebel country, sort of roadhouse rock sort of style stuff, yeah. um, and incorporating that into the set. And then now he's straight on for this. So we essentially have a, a content planned out for our next two albums. The next album that's going to release is that sort of transition from folk into a little bit more like rebel country, driving trucker sort of like you know, shuffly fun stuff, yeah. uh, a more upbeat a sort of, but still folky sort of feeling. Uh, and then after that, the third album that we're writing right now is going to be like punk desert rock influenced, um, mixing in some, like a perfect circle, uh, mm. mixing in some, um, you know Pearl Jam. Uh, you know some of the '90s grunge elements, and to me, it's like that's that's the music that I chose to listen to when I was coming up. Like Queens of the Stone Age and some of the '90s grunge, and and some of the punk music of the '80s and '90s. The Tony Hawk Pro Skater soundtrack <laughs> introduced yes. me to punk, and it was one of those things where I was like, Oh, there's a lot more here. Like this album is good. The Tony Hawk Pro Skater soundtrack is great, but there's so much more here. Yeah. And so finally, it's, it's really kind of interesting and it's going to be fun because Ramzel is, it, we've kind of made this transition from folk music to kind of this rebel country thing to now punk and, and desert rock. um, and it's going to be fun to kind of thread sets together a little bit and be able to choose. We're playing here. We're going to tone it back a little bit. We're playing mm-hmm. here. We're going to bring up the energy. Um, so finally to answer your question. Yeah. Finally kind of realizing this, this goal of mine to play in like a desert rock style yeah. of, of group. So it's going to be fun. It's been fun so
0: far. So that's cool. Yeah. That's awesome. I hope I can open for you guys one day. Cause I think, You're onto something, and I love that. Like you guys know, we're gonna play in one spot. We gotta dial it back, and you got to play to your audience, and you got to play off of your audience. If you know that you're walking into something that is more geared to the, I don't know, the the country crowd or Texas style country blues. I don't know. um, Yeah, you might want to cater to that. But if you're going to be opening for a rock band, cool. Like you might want to step it up and and do that. I think it's great because then it gives, you know, gives you really the ability to do whatever you want, you know. It's not about just catering to the audience, but it's like you're also just catering to like what you want to do and what you guys are capable of doing together, which that's that's just fun to see.
1: It's true. Uh, I, I, yeah, totally agree. And then, uh, yeah, it's, it's going to be fun. Uh, yeah. Cause having that versatility, you know, and um, being able to play to an audience instead of you know, it, it almost like opens up and gives more opportunity. We can go play with a more relaxed, you know, um, kind of folk set or Ryan can go do some of these songs on his own singer songwriter. Mm-hmm. It's just more shows that we can say yes to and and more shows of music that we enjoy. And can actually kind of kind of fit in with because we've we figured out a way to speak our own version of that music that we enjoy. It was always so tough for me. It's like I'm in you know this band or that band, but I really like this band. But none of the bands I'm in would really fit with this group, right? Mm. That's and that's I mean, as I'm I'm like a performer first. I, I always tell any of the bands that I'm in, like I'm I'm ready to go play shows whenever you are. I get this natural sort of ad- adrenaline high from, from playing live, not because I'm being seen uh, and like getting this personal accolade, but like the the energy of being at a show and of mm-hmm. playing at a show is like, that is why I became a musician going to shows and seeing and feeling the energy of everybody. It's, it's addicting to me. Like I love doing it. And so being in a group that we're kind of shaping up to be more versatile, it's exciting because it's just, another genre of bands that I could say, Hey, we should play with these guys. We should open for these guys and make that connection. And so, yeah. Yeah. It would be fun. I would love to play a show with you sometime. That would be fantastic.
0: Yeah. Do you remember the guy who got super stoked when the when the Black Pumas guy walked past? Which I'm <gasps> sure that's maybe happened like 10 other times you've been hanging out in Austin because...
1: No, but I he, do. Yeah. The lead singer walked by and,
0: and, and yeah. Some, some dude at the table to the next fence. to you was just like, oh, Congratulations,
1: you're amazing. <laughs> yeah. Had they, I, I, if they had just won a Grammy or been nominated or something, something like that, yeah. doing some awesome stuff. Yeah. Kudos to the Black Pumas and those guys. But yeah, dude just like totally fanned out. And we were like, what's going on? And Rachel was like, oh, it's the lead singer of the Black Pumas. And we uh, the, the pool hall that we go to, uh-huh. the bassist, is on a competitive pool league with us at that pool hall so (laughs) we were like yeah black puma's awesome fandom uh his name is uh brendan
0: brendan yeah there's just brendan over there just trying to make sure he's not hitting eight ball
1: (laughs) yeah just like yeah and he's he's played in other bands and stuff and he's the bassist. so but that that night it was the lead singer so of course everyone recognizes that guy they had done their tiny desk concert at that point and Mm -hmm. yeah that guy
0: I had no idea who he was, and the lead singer and I made eye contact because I remember I was facing in his direction, and I was just kind of like, "Hey!" Like, just kind of gave a nod. Like, I I don't know. Like that—that was a new name. And then it was all summer that their music was coming on the indie radio station here in Nashville, and I was just like, "Oh my god, that's who that was!" No wonder that guy was flipping out.
1: Yeah, they're awesome. Super cool.
0: Yeah. I'm I'm sometimes slow to new music like that, and it bums me out because, as much as I try, my heart is to stay like up and, you know, current. Like there's always those moments where I'm just kind of like, "Hey, I just discovered this thing." To one of my friends, are like, "Dude, that was like last year, man." Like, get off the get off the sauce, man.
1: <laughs> right there with you. It's like I. Like I and and what my friend Brady in San Antonio, I don't know. Like he actively chases down new music. He's one of those guys where like probably seventy percent of the new bands I I've been introduced to in the last five to ten years have been from him. He's that classic like influencer friend. He seeks out the music, he shares it with the people that he knows, and says, "Yeah, check this out." He loves talking about it probably be a music journalist at some point he is he's a writer professionally but not in music journalism hope he is one day i don't know if he even wants to be but he's that friend who just introduces and i'm like absolutely on the opposite end of the spectrum i'm like yeah listen to this 10 year old album for the seventh time this year for a week straight that's great i love this album yeah you know i'm still listening to the shins this is great uh queens of the stone age 20-year-old album cool,
0: love it. <laughs> yep. So. I have my my rotation that it, that is very hard to get out of that that cycle. I'm just like a hamster on the on the wheel, just listening to the yeah. same thing and I'm <laughs> terrible. Like I've tried and and me listening to the indie indie radio station here in Nashville is like one of the things that like I try. There you and go. you know, I, I I am who I am. I know. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I love myself. I can love yeah. myself anyway. That's yeah. right. Same.
0: I had no goals in mind for this conversation. I was just like whatever happens with this one's going to be new and amazing information for me. Um Nice. Is there anything that you wanted to discuss or or talk about? Anything on your mind? No, I, I
1: I think I came in very similarly to you where I we made that friendship connection and kind of hit it off really quickly to the point where when you asked I'd be on the, you know, be on the podcast with you. I was like, this, this is going to be a great opportunity to like talk with you, hear what you're interested in, uh, by way of kind of the way you lead conversations and stuff, which is, which is really, really fun to hear you do on your podcast. So same, I kind of came in with no expectations, no real agenda, talked about some things I didn't know I was going to talk about just straight off the dome, you know, um, Yeah, really. No, it's, it's been great, man. Music that I've been making lately. We talked about, you know, um, dream drivers and Ramzell and the mellows and guest rooms. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Like all those groups, they all have music on Spotify. None yeah. of us have too many images or delusions of grandeur, but go <laughs> check them out. If you want it, if you're like me, you probably don't get to hear about new music very often. So there's, yeah. there's a couple groups, right? Uh, so yeah, yeah. But no, send I the mean, links to
0: me. I'd love to check it out.
1: Okay. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I'll, I'll send some stuff over and, uh, and likewise to you also, I think, um, keeping those musical conversations are always good. And so, no, it's just good to kind of hang out and just be a couple of humans and, and have some realistic, sometimes sobering conversations about life and what we're doing here a little bit. So, yeah.
0: <laughs> and you know, like I try not to have an agenda. In general, or be like, you know, focused on like trying to squeeze something out of, of someone. And so this has been refreshing because it's just like literally like we're just getting to know each other. And I, I haven't, <laughs> it's just going to sound weird. I feel like I haven't made a new friend like yourself in years. And I love that. Like, I love that. Like, we've literally, this is, if you want to count this, this is literally like the second real conversation we've ever had ever. <laughs>
1: it's true. To anyone listening, this is this, uh, the this second time uh, only. And yeah. now because this is you know your forum and your podcast, I feel like you asked way more questions and you have gotten to know me. I feel like I need to ask you some more questions. So <laughs> we'll, we'll stay in touch and do some of that. Because uh, yeah, no, For this sure. is this has been really fun. But again, I think you do a really good job as a host. I feel like I do get a sense of like kind of getting to know you a little bit through the questions that you ask and the interest that you take. So I appreciate you. This is, this is always a genuine interaction with you, Clark. It's ah, really thanks, cool. Thanks,
0: man. Thank you. Yeah. yeah.
1: This has been super fun.
0: Yeah, dude. Absolutely. I hope you have a great night and have a happy holidays.
1: Yes, you as well. Thanks so much.
0: All right. See you, buddy.
1: <laughs> All right. Bye, man.
0: Bye. There we go. That was fun. Thanks for coming on, Nelson. Can't wait to do it again. Man, what a good guy. I want you guys to have a good week. Support yourself. Find someone who supports you. Find someone you trust to talk to. You can always write to me at clockworknightspodcast.com, like I mentioned earlier. I'd be more than happy to point you in a good direction. Listen, do what I can Let's just do that. Let's just do what we can over the next week. I'll be back next week with a new episode. All right. Talk to you then. Bye.